Subscribe now for a chance to win a $20 Amazon gift card at the end of the month. All you gotta do is comment on the video in the card above. Plus, you'll get updates on all my new juicy, scary stories. It's the most intense training you'll ever get for waiting tables. College. This world is a strange one. College was once a promise of knowledge, a future, and discovery. But now there's really just one promise that it can keep, a lifetime of debt. But if that's not scary enough, living on campus can become even more horrifying. Whether that means bunking with a complete psycho or living on a campus that resides on a haunted ground, going to college or university can be dangerous and even deadly. So tonight, I have for you some allegedly true college horror stories. But first, I am planning some videos on zombies, spring break, and St. Patrick's Day horror stories. If you've got an experience from spring break, St. Patty's, or a sighting of real zombies or ghouls, I would love to hear it and maybe even feature it in a future video. Just send it over to darknessprevails.org. Now, these are creepy, but not nearly as scary as finals. Still though, get ready for these scary stories. Number one, creepy encounter near my university. Submitted by Diana. I am a 24-year-old female from Romania. At the time this event took place, I was 22 and attending a pretty big university in Western Romania to get my master's degree. Because it's a master's program, the lectures take place in the afternoon to late at night. So on this particular day, my lecture finished at 9 p.m. on a January night. I lived on campus, pretty close to the university building. It was only about a 10-minute walk. My boyfriend also lived close, so after the lecture finished, I said goodbye to my classmates and off I went. This time, however, I decided to take a shorter route. It would be through a small park that was situated between the university main building and a church. But later on, after that day, I would never walk through the park alone at night. There's a main path that cuts through the park directly to the main road. That path is surrounded by trees with no street lights. The only light that barely illuminates that path was coming from the church nearby. Usually it's walked by a lot of students day and night, so not once did I think I was at any risk. Just my luck, on this night there was no one walking the path but me. I'm a very paranoid person, so I was a bit anxious being there alone in the dark. I saw him behind a tree. I froze inside, but my legs continued to walk. As soon as I made eye contact with him, he emerged from the tree he was hiding behind, literally three feet in front of me. He didn't really look threatening from what I remember. He was a short, balding man, maybe in his 40s. He was wearing a trench coat and his hands were in his pockets. I wasn't immediately scared of him, although it was definitely suspicious. He waited until I passed and then he suddenly grabbed my arm and he swung me around to face him. My blood ran cold and I had this sinking feeling that something horrible was about to happen. He said to me, hey honey, where are you going? With a sadistic smirk on his face and one hand still in his pocket. I said something like, what do you want? Let me go and I yanked my arm away from him. I looked around to see if someone else was there, any other student or person that could possibly see this scene, someone to save me. But no, 
we were alone. Seeing how I panicked, it probably made him happy. He pulled me in a disgusting embrace and led me closer to the trees, and at that point, he was trying to touch my buttocks. I was wearing a long jacket, but I still felt disgusted by his hand. I had tears in my eyes as I shakily fought and said, get away from me or I'm calling the police. I doubt he took my fearful threat seriously. He smiled and said to me, we both know you won't have the chance to do that. He never took his left hand out of that pocket and now I was sure I was getting kidnapped, raped and killed. By some holy miracle, I heard footsteps coming from the main path and he heard them too. We both looked in the direction where the path joins with the main sidewalk out of the park, and there was a couple holding hands and walking in our direction. The second he saw them, the man took off running in the darkness between the trees. As the couple got closer and saw the man running off, they shot me a worried look, but I didn't feel like sticking around to explain to them what happened, and I ran out of that cursed park. As soon as I got out on the main sidewalk and near people, I called my boyfriend crying to come meet me and walk me home. I was surprised he could understand me from all my crying. I was determined to go to the police, but after thinking it through, I didn't. The man was gone by now anyway, and there was nothing the police could or want to do. At least that was my thinking at the time. Maybe I thought that because I was embarrassed or humiliated. After that day, whenever I had classes until late at night, my boyfriend would come wait for me outside the building and he would walk me home. And I carry pepper spray with me ever since, just in case. I still wonder what the disgusting pervert had in his pocket and what he intended to do with me, but I'm grateful for that couple because even if they didn't know it, they saved me. And to those of you out there with the same kind of circumstances in your past or recently, don't be afraid to come forward to the police or else guys like that will continue to do what they want. Number two, Creeper in the Woods, submitted by Michael. I was in my freshman year at a New England college and I was staying on campus for spring break that year. One of my friends was also staying on campus that week because his spring break trip would be delayed until later that week. In the meantime, I'd go for walks and explore the town by myself. I never thought I'd have an experience to share. I started off by walking in the opposite direction where I knew there would be a trail that I could follow through the woods. I've heard many things about this trail from other students, about how people would feel creeped out when they walked it. Often people would turn around halfway through, but I ignored it. I was about halfway through the trail myself into the woods when I began to get that uneasy feeling, but it was worse than I expected. And I began to wonder to myself, was I going to chicken out? It's just woods. I've walked through the woods many times before in the past. I ignored it and pressed on. There was a green vehicle near the entrance of the trail and I could just barely make out a figure in the driver's seat. He seemed to be a man who was about middle-aged. Awkwardly, our eyes met and I quickly looked down. This was weird and I began to think about it. Why would someone park their car by the trail? Maybe it was none of my business. So again, I pressed on. Besides, I thought, it was off in the distance and by the time I got there to exit the trail, they would be leaving or already gone. But I was wrong. 
I was almost to the exit when the person got out of their vehicle and I could see that they were heading my direction. That bad feeling got even worse. I decided to start walking faster, faster than the guy was coming towards me, but I would have to step off of the trail. I'd have to look for another exit away from him. Maybe it was stupid to jump off of the trail just at the sight of another person, but I can't begin to describe the feeling that was welling up inside me. It was unnatural and it was horrifying. Soon enough, I found a lightly walked path that almost immediately split into two directions. I stuck to the left and as soon as I got out of his line of sight, I ran down the path, noticing that there was an open field up ahead. I ran to the other side to the line of trees and I crouched behind the best one I could see. A few minutes passed and I was starting to think that I was just being paranoid about this guy. But in one second, my situation turned into a horror movie. I heard this man speak. He said in a deep, raspy voice, where are you? I kept quiet, trying not to scream. Now my worst fears were confirmed. This guy was really after me. It wasn't just an unpleasant gut feeling. I could hear footsteps getting closer to my tree. Suddenly the sound stopped, as if he had disappeared or simply stayed still. But I knew better. I did not dare move. I stayed there for what seemed like hours. Then suddenly my phone rang and I thought he probably heard the noise. Frantically, I pulled out my phone. It was my friend staying on campus as well. I answered it, but I couldn't say a word. She spoke first anyway. She asked if I was all right. Apparently, she was out as well when she saw me on the trail and decided to catch up. But before she could, she saw me get freaked out and run off of the trail followed by the strange man. She continued to follow, but apparently at the sound of her footsteps, the guy freaked out and walked away. I had never been more scared in my life. All I wanted to do was get out of those woods and get back to my dorm. I will never forget that experience and I don't attend that college anymore. I'm cautious to this day when I want to go for walks and whether I'm thinking about it or not, I find myself walking away from cars with people in them. It just reminds me too much of what happened that afternoon. Number three, college ghost sightings. Submitted by Ghost Rider 132. At the time of this story, I was 21 years old. I was three months away from getting my bachelor's from Penn State University. I was your average male at the age of 21, drinking, partying, all that stuff. It was March 4th. I excused myself from class to use the bathroom. Having an uncle as one of my teachers made it easier to study and have access to other parts of the school. Going down the hallway though, I got an uneasy feeling. I started accelerating my speed, power walking to the restroom. When I got to the door, I heard someone laughing in there and it sounded like they were tearing something up. Now, I grew up in Cincinnati, so I always understood. You never know what you might expect around any corner. So I walked in. There was nothing there but that noise just kept going. I did my business and looked behind myself nearly the whole time. I felt my brain tingling and my nerves were racking up. Where was that noise coming from and what was making it? I suddenly decided to look up and there above me sitting on top of the stall was a young girl. She appeared to be 14 years old or so. The sight of someone being up there made me jump. Letting out a shout, 
I turned and ran out of the bathroom. I informed the closest teacher I could find. She then walked into the restroom herself, but of course, she didn't see a thing. She didn't hear anything either, but I could still hear the screaming. It was loud, and it felt like my ears were going to bleed. And then suddenly, the noise was gone, and when I walked into the bathroom, the girl was gone as well. Was I going crazy? I have heard many stories from this school and my uncle about that bathroom. I've even heard that someone shot themselves 13 times before they even died. What a way to go. My uncle told me once that they've seen the same girl I described in the teacher's lounge. Now I try to avoid that bathroom and hallway at all costs, but no matter how far away I am from it, it still scares me. I'm now married with three kids and I'm a pharmacist for UPMC. Even still, I still get nightmares about that bathroom. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Number four, Ghosts in the Vocational College. Submitted by Ravil Salem. I had always lived in Massachusetts, so I was no stranger to the scary ghost stories that came along with it. I had had only one supposedly paranormal experience before this, and after this, I will never return to that place. Right after graduating high school, I figured I would have a little fun before swinging into college that following fall. 
so I decided I would sign up for Job Corps to keep my mind working and on its toes. There were only two campuses to choose from where I was located, one in Grafton, Massachusetts and the other in Exeter. I chose the Grafton campus and within two days I got a call back and I was accepted to be a residential student. For those of you who don't know how a vocational college works, you're placed into a trade school where you're either a residential student, meaning you live on campus, or a non-resident, meaning that you would go home after your day was up. As a residential student, I had to share a room with three other students who all ended up becoming close personal friends of mine. So soon after joining the trade school, I was studying my chosen trade, culinary arts. The chef at the time had explained to us that the campus had been converted from an old mental asylum he even told us that under the campus were tunnels that connected all the buildings so that they were able to transport patients without risking them running off into the woods. Sounds freaky, right? Almost every student shrugged it off as just a story until he showed us a hidden floor in the far hidden corner of the building. He pointed off into the distance where the hall was and it was ridiculously dark. Even in broad daylight, he stated that there was a stairway there and a broken elevator. They were used to transport the patients it was at that moment a few friends and I knew that we would have to go investigate when we got the chance. We were a curious bunch. We knew he was good at keeping an eye on all of us, so we waited for a better chance to head down there. Two weeks go by and the chef is out sick and the substitute was late, so that was the day that we took advantage of the opportunity. My close friend, who we'll call Sam, and two others shuffled our way into the back room. We snuck down the halls until we found the boarded off door. Sam broke the locks and right away we flooded into the dark hallway. It was both exciting and scary, as you would expect, as we walked down that dark hallway. As we reached the end of the shadowy hall, we pulled out our cell phones and flashed on our flashlights to get a better look around us. We began to search for the elevator and stairs that were supposed to pass to the lower levels. Excitement consumed us now that we had found the stairs. The stairs that we all thought were part of some fake story so we started to head down. As soon as we got to the bottom, we were met with another door, but this one had no windows. We pushed the door open and we found ourselves staring down a long corridor with about 20 doors on one side and the other. It broke off into multiple pathways, each lined with even more doors. It was at that moment we realized that our teacher was not lying and that something really was down here. We took a few cautious steps in and we peeked into the first room to our left where we couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was like the backdrop of a horror film. There was a chair bolted to the floor with metal arm and leg straps attached to it. As quickly as we stepped in, we stepped back out of the room. We took a moment to collect ourselves before proceeding down the hall. Every room had something in it. It all looked like it was more than just old and empty. It looked like it was suddenly abandoned as if everyone just took off. We saw a table with a few scalpels and stretcher beds were pretty common in every room, but some rooms were littered with dirty brown sheets every once in a while. As we approached the intersection, Sam stopped and hushed all of us. He told us to listen. And we did. We listened to see if we could hear anything besides our own breathing through the darkness. There was nothing at first. It wasn't until that split second of exhaling when we heard what sounded like something hitting the floor. It was nothing heavy or loud, but more like a coin hitting the ground. We all took a moment to look at one another before listening again, but this time it sounded much closer, too close actually. 
We wasted no time running out of there and we made our way back to the stairway. At the bottom, we could see the light from above, from outside. We all huddled in the light and nervously laughed at each other for getting scared until one of the other friends stood straight up and his face instantly went red. We could feel the goosebumps form on his arm as we let him go and turned down the long hall we had to travel to. We all looked in the direction he was looking and what we saw was horrific. There was someone in the building with us. Something was waiting at the end of the hallway. It wasn't standing right in the middle, but far off to the side of the corner, as if it was peeking out, as if it was trying to be unseen. We didn't move at all. Each and every one of us was trying to convince ourselves that we were just seeing things or making something out of nothing. Well, our hopes were dead wrong because suddenly the figure dipped back behind the wall. We hadn't even realized we were standing there for a good 15 minutes before the thing had disappeared and the moment it moved, we all ran full speed upstairs and back to the classroom. Sam and the friend with goosebumps had immediately thrown up from the anxiety when we were out and after that, we had never gone back down there. We never returned to the corridors. To this very day, we still talk about it and we even share stories that the other students have that we've heard. And I can tell you this for sure, I will never go back there. Number five, Dorm Resident Ghost, submitted by Alina. I lived in a dormitory building for two years in college. Everyone in my building would joke that our old elevators were being haunted by a ghost called Victoria. Victoria is what you'd call our resident ghost, mainly because the elevators would randomly go up and down the building, stopping and opening at random floors, but there would be no one on them. I lapped it off and I never really believed in it. I also heard stories from my floor mates and others living there hearing a female voice it was supposedly Victoria as well. I brushed that off too, until one fateful day. I was in the basement laundry room taking care of my clothes when I heard a voice, clear as day, say to me, Hello? As if it was answering a phone call nervously. I looked around and I was the only person in the laundry room. It could not have come from one of the vents because a few days prior, I heard voices from other people living in the building through those vents in the bathroom. And those voices sounded distant, echoey, and tiny. But this voice, it was like Victoria was standing right next to me when she called out. Because the laundry room was big and you could not hear people that clearly if they were on the other side of the room. I told one of my friends about it who lived on the same floor as me at the time. And she refused to go into the elevators or the laundry room alone for a few days after that. I can't say I blame her. I was scared for a while after this incident. Number six, Treeline Horror Show. Submitted by Froki. This story begins after I got out of high school. I wanted to just get out into the world and start working and get my life going. The best way I could find to make that happen was attending Job Corps, AKA a vocational college. My Job Corps experiences were pretty standard, waking up and going to work. I ended up spending a little over a year there learning my trade and bettering myself. 
The first eight months were business as usual, day in and day out of working, eating, and sleeping, repeat. Eventually, I ran to be a house leader, which in short was just a person in the dorm that assigned and made sure chores got done and the dorm stayed clean. The site that I went to had what was called staff housing, which was basically like an apartment, just off campus for a select few that had shown their drive and earned the trust of the staff. Now, there was male and female staff housing, so it was seven men living in a two-story apartment. As far as the layout goes of this apartment, it was kind of odd. The upstairs part was just a living room, a kitchen, and a bathroom with a small laundry room. All the bedrooms were downstairs. There were three bedrooms ranging from two to four beds in each and a small bathroom. Being in staff housing granted us a little more freedom. The staff wasn't always around to watch us, so we got to explore a little more of the area. And it just so happened that our campus was right on the edge of a sprawling forest. The tree line was basically in our backyard. When my group moved up to staff housing, we had an older native man helping us move our stuff up the hill with his truck. As we were unloading, one of my roommates commented on the woods in our backyard. He said it'd be fun to go explore them. The native man looked at us and said, do not go into the woods. Our ancestors protect those lands. All of us being young and skeptical, we just ignored it, assuming it was some sort of old wives tale warning. Things went well for a few months. We had some peace and quiet up there, just the seven of us. One day, one of my roommates said we should go check out those woods a bit. Being bored, we all agreed. We thought it would be fun to just get off campus and enjoy ourselves. So the seven of us set out and we went into the woods. We were just running around throwing rocks and messing with each other. It was the usual stuff boys do in the woods. Well, one of my roommates thought it would be a good idea to throw a rock at another one of the roommates. And of course, the rock hit him in the head. He started bleeding and getting dizzy. We decided it was time to go back to the apartment. He grabbed the rock that hit him and said, I'm keeping this as a reminder. We got him back to the apartment safe and we called the nurse and got him checked out. Later, he got an all clear and was good to go. He put the rock on his dresser as a keepsake. That night, we all went to bed. On that same night though, we heard something we had never heard before. We began to hear someone else's footsteps upstairs pacing around the living room and kitchen. The next morning, we all asked each other if we heard those footsteps, and not one of us had missed it. These footsteps went on for about a week, every night, just pacing around upstairs. Then one night, we heard the footsteps come down the stairs to our bedrooms. Again, we all mentioned it in the morning. But the next night, things changed. Instead of just footsteps wandering around our living room, we began to see doors open. Closet doors would slide open by themselves with no one inside. Bedroom doors would open too in the middle of the night. Later that week, things would again get worse. Not only did the doors keep opening on their own, now we began to see shadow figures roaming the halls, standing at the foot of our beds, peering into our rooms from the dark hallways. All seven of us saw them, night after night. And finally, we had to talk about what was going on. We were trying to figure out why this all happened all of a sudden. Then one of the roommates basically yelled. It all started when we brought that dang rock into the house. It sounded silly to us at first. But then we all tried to recall the night it started and we realized 
He was right. He decided to see if taking the rock back to the woods would help at all. I even asked a native friend of mine, and she told me to offer tobacco to the spirits as well to appease them. So the next day, all seven of us wandered back into the woods. We had a pack of cigarettes and the rock. We placed the rock back as close to where we thought it was when we found it, and we laid the cigarettes next to it. We apologized to the spirits. The ending to these events was just as surprising as the start of them, because that night, after so long, nothing happened. All our doors remained closed, no shadow figures standing at the foot of our beds. It all just stopped, and they never came back for the remainder of my time there. We all went into that apartment as skeptics, and we all left believers. I don't know exactly what we experienced in that apartment, but it left me with a firm respect for nature and traditions, regardless of whose they are, as well as respect for the spirits that roam this world. Despite what I said before, college will never not be worth it. Knowledge is priceless. And to those brave souls out there who tough it out, who endure the debt and stress, who obtain that degree, you are amazing. But to those like myself who dropped out partway through or didn't go to college at all, don't worry. As you can see from these stories, it might have just saved your life. Is a degree worth being murdered by a college stalker? Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your zombie sightings, spring break scary stories, and creepy St. Patrick's Day experiences at darknessprevails.org. Thanks. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money.